What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Reinhardt von Krieger. Hello. What is up? I am so glad that we finally get to share that. Yes. That new intro. Yes. Also joining us this evening, Mr. Dogbot. Hello. Man, that's what it sounds like when you can really play guitar and you don't uh, go cheap on the electronic drum kit. Yes, absolutely. And in the corner with the microphone that's actually working this week, Jack the intern. What's up? Technology was a mistake. Uncle Ted did nothing wrong. You ain't lying, boy. You ain't lying. All right. But it brought us all together. It did. It did, yes. And if it wasn't for technology, we wouldn't be here right now. But anyways, speaking of technology... I don't know. It was technically challenging, actually. That's a very technically challenging song there. What did you guys think of that? It was badass. I really liked it a lot. That was great. Um, I think, uh, Johnny, you and I had the opportunity to listen to a few different versions as our good buddy Wolver was working on it. Yes. And uh, Ah. it was really, really cool to see it come together and see the final, like, listen to the finished product. Yes. And just get you... Gets you fired up a little bit. Yes, definitely. That was Wolver from Metal Up Your Fash that dropped that on us. That is the final mix of the Metal Normies. And he sent it to me this morning. That is very, very badass. I like it a lot. Um, The first mix he sent me, it didn't have the last ringing notes at the end. And I'm like, no, it can't be the Paranormies theme song without those last ringing notes. I've been impressed with all the versions thus far, dude. just because I, I don't have the technical skill to be able to pull anything like that off. So that stuff always impresses me when people can be inspired by something like the theme song to our show and be able to interpret that through their musical lens. Yeah, man, we've, oh, had, yeah. we've had several great ones. I mean, it all started with Grayfield's tray back in the beginning with the original. The original was just him, his bass, and... um I'm, he might have even played the drums on it, but uh, we've, it's been inspired so many different versions. We had a metal version in the first season. We've had several different, um, I don't know what you would call, electronic versions by FEMA camp band leader. Uh, Zurius and Elazar did one for us. We, like we said, we had a, uh, a waltz in D-liner uh, version. We had the, the waltz yes, version. The ukulele version, the Robert Seffer gotcha intro um yeah we got a couple of messages about that one that was mean they said but hey that was we we did it uh we got this one and of course we have i mean we've got more coming so if you guys want to make more versions of the parany paranormies paranormies even theme song go ahead and make them send it to us on telegram send it to our emails uh send it send it to us if you make music we want to hear it you know if you guys make yeah yeah I mean, we love picking different songs that we love as different break songs and whatnot, but if you make really good music and you would like your stuff promoted, please send us your efforts so we can check them out and, you know, use them as break songs and whatnot, right. with links to your band camps or what other, what other avenues of purchasing said music in our, in our show notes and whatnot. Uh, but if it's like, chaotic experimental noise with like just like samples and a bunch of like screeching and shit going on we don't want it there's a yeah it's it's got to be something groovy that we can use as a as a break song it it can't suck right i mean yeah it's got to be 
It's going to be good. And before we just end up rating like metal up your fascist chat for their playlists. We, what, we, we haven't been doing that. No, we haven't <laughs> been doing that. Uh, I don't know. Hook, hook took the past couple weeks off. I think, I think he's being lazy or something. I don't know. Well, he was too busy. He, uh, he snagged a, a bass from another good friend of ours and actually, uh, provided the bass for Wolver's composition. Oh, as well. Isn't he working on his own that has a sort of acoustic intro? He is. He is working on one that is also extremely sick. I think Wolver and Hook are competing to see who can do a better metal version of the Paranormies theme song. Which, if you're well, going to have two people compete over it, I mean, yeah, in that's, this, that's pretty fantastic yeah, right there. In, in this thing? Right, exactly. We're going to have to have like a battle of the intros, and when we have both intros, we'll have to play both of them uh, separately and have the listeners vote on whose is better. Definitely, we can put the uh, we can put the waltz up against the ukulele version. We can do like a um, we can do like a sweet sixteen, like a like a bracket, like a college basketball bracket <laughs> thing for for Paranormies theme songs. Why not? Metal can we just madness. can we just not call it a sweet sixteen though? Like the really rings of libertarian consent law ideas it rings of a college basketball bracket but okay whatever weirdo i don't know libertarian consent (laughs) what your mind goes to some strange places i am a co-host on paranormal it's all that it's all that drum and bass you listen to wow yeah i didn't know we were doing political commentary we don't what are you talking about who did political commentary that shit is gay yeah, that's right. We're too busy doing other things. No, we don't. I mean, no, no, there are plenty. No, listen, there's plenty of political shows out there. We are not one of them. Okay. There are plenty of political shows. We don't I'm too busy drawing lines on pictures, guys. Yes. We draw lines on pictures because, dude, first of all, the lines always work and we, we haven't been wrong. So I don't know. I don't know why you guys knock the lines. But, uh, so, but is. Is there any way that uh, you and I could team up for some historical line drawing and look at like classical portraits and depictions uh. and <laughs> kind of tackle the ancient world? Oh man! The, the... Oh man! Herodocles was a woman. Herodocles' hips were twice as wide as his shoulders. So you know why Queen Elizabeth the first supposedly died a virgin? Well, she wasn't. Do you think I really have to draw lines on Mona Lisa? No. Oh, come on. No. Everybody knows that was a self-portrait. Damn it. Oh, I was taking a sip of water and you beat me. <laughs> Finally. I get to beat somebody to the joke just because I got the shitty internet. That's why you guys always beat me. All right. It is your show. I'll let you have one. Okay. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> it's the shitty internet. That's what it is. Yeah. Is there an echo in here? Oh. It's the sh- shitty internet. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... So, Nationalist Inquirer this week is is killing it. It is um is a very popular episode this week, you guys. Just so you know, I love it. Uh, we yeah, that's we haven't got any commentary on the song though. The boomer, the boomer poof coronavirus. Come on. Oh, I thought maybe the Erratus Ver song that we played. No, the Erratus Veer song was badass. It just like all the rest of the the, the songs on that uh, uh, the what do you call it album it is. It's it's um I think it's a collection demo. of his demos. It's a collection so of it, demos. I mean, yeah. It is technically an album, but right. it's like right. It's 
more of a yeah, collection. Yeah, it's all his demos. It is an album in the way uh, certain people's books are books and not collections of articles. Oh, yeah, like a collection of essays and articles. And yes. You make it a Yeah. You sell it as a book and, you know. You don't actually and it have is to a fantastic writing. collection of compositions. Sure, I have to say. Sure, you don't actually have to write anything new. You just, you know, put all your old stuff in one place. I think he wrote all this stuff in quarantine in 2020. Did I he? Because the backstory to that, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Well, if that's if that's the case, then that's an album. It's not just demos. Sometimes <laughs> it's it works to do that, and and like you were saying with uh, you know collecting essays into a book. Uh, sometimes your first your first draft is the most emotional, most personal, uh, just raw version. And so why why mess with that? Mm-hmm. Why try and recreate something that happened once? Sure, but a book is like one giant collective thought. More or less. You know what I mean? Where a collection of essays is a a collection of thoughts. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Well, right. yeah, it- but sometimes books aren't all the same thought. No. Well, it really depends on the writer because uh, there are a lot of books out there that there's no thinking going on in there at all. Right. You beat me to that. Yeah. I've been in a Barnes and Noble recently. That must have been your internet. Right. It's my (laughs) shitty internet. You know, I haven't been to, I used to love going to local bookstores, and all the ones here are, uh, they're just filled to the brim with not just like your typical uh, modern, just absolute strip mall to your writing but actual like communist literature antifa literature um oh man it's terrible i hate bookstores now yeah i I experienced something very similar to that in a bookstore slash coffee shop in the city and uh typically i like to peruse a books you know a bookstore yeah i i fully expect a bunch of shit lib stuff to be on display right sure you know, like that's every fucking bookstore, even the used bookstores. They find the shit Libya stuff and they'll put it on a little center, you know, uh, you know, little center thing in between the aisles or whatnot. You know, a bunch of stuff on a uh, uh, picture frame holders and stuff. And you're like, OK, I, I know which ones to avoid there. You know, I'll start going to the stuff on the shelves. But at this particular coffee shop one. I'm like, fuck no! I'm not giving these people a fucking cent. <laughs> yeah, like it, it. It's just. Oh no! Everything is just trash. Um, and I went to. So there are two downtown because I, I live in a fairly small town out in rural PNW, and uh, there's one that's right on the little downtown strip. You know, uh, obviously very quiet, and that's like the worst. Very blatantly Antifa. And then there's another one about 20 minutes away that is kind of just like a book repository. Um, you know, they got shelves that are you know, 15 feet high, basically. Mm. Um, supposed to be all by like genre or alphabetically, but they end up just getting put back wherever people want them. And I realized going there a couple of times when I would take the family out, um, realized there you want to look, you want to get the ladder and you want to look at the top shelf where they put everything that nobody wants to see. And that's where you'll find like the older, like classic fantasy, classic uh, fiction and nonfiction stuff that you know can't make it onto the front shelves in front of people's eyes well, at eye level. The, the front shelves are all covered in um, what's the Robin DiAngelo's books. 
<laughs> yeah, and Abraham X. Yes. Doesn't Abraham X get his own table? No. <laughs> he has his own short bus. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. And don't short they table, all? short bus, same thing. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, the bookstores are really... Oh, we, we have Barnes & Noble around here, and I think we have a Books A Million. Books A Million is not bad, because they have a lot of stuff that's like going out of print or just getting rid of. Mm-hmm. So you can sometimes find a, stuff. They do a lot you. of sales. Yeah. Yeah, I used to love that back in Nashville. Drive like 20 minutes down the interstate and go to Books A Million. And there used to be a giant uh, McKay's warehouse where it was just all like used everything. Mm. Man, book collections there were awesome. I found some great Oswald Mosley and uh, just random assorted based writings there. Yeah, there was uh, the used bookstores in California. In California, I have to admit, the bookstores were great because libtards do like to be likened to read. And sometimes even like good books still end up in the stores. It's not all just a Barnes and Noble. Like here, it's Barnes and Noble. So like you go in there and it's like uh, it's all the crap. And literally, like, I mean, you can just I don't know. It's it's like literally all propaganda from the magazine section to the comic book section to the young, you know, the young adult to the teen, the kids. It's literally all propaganda. It's all I see. The science fiction section, the cooking, health section, and it's all propaganda. And there's like literally anything good worth reading, you can't find it there. So you're telling me you're not going to find like Mike Ma's books on the on the shelf? You know, I don't, I don't think you would. I really don't think you would. You can get it on Amazon, but you're not going to find it at Barnes and Noble. I have to look. I, I still want to get that second book so badly. Yeah, I heard. Well, okay. So I heard Mike Ma is a Paranormies listener. So if you're listening, to Mike, what up? Um. That's awesome. It, well, he did like the whole basically name drop Tartaria and Mud Flood and, and all that stuff. Um, so either he watches John Levi or he listens to us. And I'm going to go with you. He listens to us because he's kind of our guy. But also I heard that like he, he did some counter signaling of us at one point. Not us as the Paranormies, but just like the, the whole like dissident right wing people sort of. Well, I mean, can you blame him? No, yeah. I have met a good I mean, chunk sorry. of these people. I mean, yeah. I love, I love uh, backslash our guys backslash, but man, sometimes people just could, just could manage to just shut the fuck up for a minute. Yes. Wow. There are there are some actual schizos in in this entire thing that really do put people off, and you know, with good with good reason. Uh, Mike Ma, looking at some of our guys uh just on the surface yeah i i can understand that okay okay oh here comes here comes somebody moseying along that may be slightly receptive to our ideas that's already already feeling pretty close you know that they've been pushed in they've been they've been mentally pushed around and they've they've they think they may have found a nice uh nice little place to to get some some more information about certain things okay Oh, let's fucking let's argue and call them newbies and shit on them and call them all kinds of fucked up names until they want to disappear. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the shit that I see all the time. Yeah, oh my god, they're not completely super duper mega red pilled on every single fucking thing that you you've been consuming online for the last six straight years. Uh, yo, <laughs> mm-hmm. right, right. Also, it's funny. 
you know, about the whole red pilling thing when most, a lot of these people aren't exactly red pilled on quote everything. Yeah, they will. They will have their line in the sand that they will never cross. Oh, their line is way back there, though. Oh yeah. Well, to to some of us, they may seem. Well, no, they don't seem like it. They are freaking normies. They are blue pilled normies. They are. That is and, one of my favorite insults to use to these people. And, I'm like, bro, you're just a blue pilled normie at this point. And the normies, the actual normies who are just getting into all of this stuff, I found are far more receptible to. A lot of the, let's say, Tartaria, Mudflood, uh, uh, Biblical Cosmology, they're far more receptible to that stuff off the bat than, quote, our guys who have been in this stuff for years and have, you know, drawn their lines in the sand and shoved their feet in. You know what I find? You know what I've found? What does receptible Damn it! Mean? I found that Reinhardt pronounces words differently sometimes. I believe what he meant was receptive. Oh, oh I receptive. Just, I yeah. thought he just no, made I up a new it. word. He did. He no, made I up a new word. You, you said receptive. I used it twice. Good Lord. You did. You did. <laughs> How was it? Yeah, I was going to let it go, but then you said it twice. Oh, that's my fault. That's all right. I mean, clearly your fault, but yeah. Receptive. Yes. Anyway, um, I find that <laughs> I find that the more, um, religious no matter what denomination they seem to be that if they if they believe in god that they are way more receptive to the biblical cosmology and even the mud flood stuff yeah i i think well and we've been talking about this for the past few weeks now uh because i think it's become so much more apparent in chats and uh differences between different shows uh and i'm I'm not getting at anything specific you know with like trs or anything like that Um, but there seems to be a big divide that is rearing its head between our guys who are Christians or at least receptive to the Christian mindset and belief system, Mm -hmm. um, and those who are set vehemently in their atheist ways or pagan ways and view Christianity as McKike on a stick or anti-white. Um, that, that is a very fundamental difference in... I mean, going all the way back to the origins of mankind and who we are as humans. So that, that divide is just growing and growing. But I find that our side of things, uh, as far as paranormies go, seems to be just getting bigger. Mm-hmm. People really seem to be coming around to us more often. Maybe well, it's I, a thing where there's more hope. I don't know. I mean, we're right more often. That so. too. Usually, we graduated from a mason jar to a freaking bank vault. We, yeah, we, yeah, we did graduate from the paranormies of a right jar to literally. I just got done toweling off uh, out of the uh, paranormies of a right coin vault, like Scrooge McDuck. I was about to say, I pick, trying to picture you dressed like Scrooge McDuck is unsettling because I, I don't think he spats, wears pants. With the spats, he doesn't wear pants, but he wears the spats on his feet. Do you do you think Johnny wears pants? <laughs> Yeah, you think I'm wearing pants right now? Come on. Of course and he I He definitely am. has a cane. Can confirm. Yes, I definitely have a cane. I have a shillelagh, actually. Wait, <laughs> you know, I, I thought you were... Thorn that doubles as a club? I, I have... Like, wait, I thought you were Italian. I am, but one of my best friends is Irish, and when he went on his honeymoon to Ireland, he brought me home a shillelagh. A legitimate Irish shillelagh from Ireland. That's awesome. Probably... 
cut from one of the ancient Irish like oaks or whatever the trees are supposed to be from there. I like that you said a legitimate Irish shillelagh from Ireland. <laughs> I don't know where else you would get one, maybe like Boston. It's but like, super Irish. It's, it's so Irish. It's, it's really, it's really freaking Irish, kid. <laughs> All right. Actually, shillelagh. Yeah, it's the same thing as a blackthorn. I believe it's. Is it from the blackthorn tree? Shoot, now we're gonna look this no, up. Look that up. Look that up. Uh, um, it's. We have an intern. Have him look yeah, it. It's Jack. Look that up. No, I'm interested in it. Oh. oh. Ooh. Yeah, it is the blackthorn bush. Black That's, bush. It's black bush. Oosh. <laughs> Stay out of there. You never know what... The hot the hot and tot billy club. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be careful. You never know what you'll find down there. Billa. Billa, Billa. All right. Ugh. So, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, the great divide between... Um, the esoteric and the exoteric, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And it's- a lot of times I find that a lot of these people that, that like disbelieve in a lot of the things that we believe in don't necessarily believe in anything other than the physical realm that we live in right now. And that there is no... For some reason, I mean, there's these evil people. But for some reason, that's as far as the evil extends to, maybe. You know, and that there's no greater evil. and There's no greater good there. I was I was going to say that what a lot of the infighting that we're discussing reminds me of is sort of like people who are looking for a deeper spiritual connection and people who are just trapped in the material industrial society, uh, you know, the, the like grasping at the grasping at those straws, you know. And, and 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 they take it out in such a, I don't know, man. Some of the online stupid nicknames for some of these people have for each other. Just, I, I guess it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Like, I, I could never imagine calling myself an ortho bro or something like that. Like, there's certain stuff that's just super corny to me and pay oh, gang yeah. and then insults like Christ cuck. It's like, wow, you know. These are people that would agree with you on, you know, greater than 80% of a lot of things. And it makes you feel better to alienate people in such a manner. I don't understand it. Yeah, like we've said before, even uh, GLR and WLP knew that you couldn't alienate the Christians. And you know what's funny? You know what's really funny? Is every time the communists... And I hate to, you know, use the communists, but like, whatever. Every time the Jews kill a bunch of people. You ever notice who they always are? What are, you, are you getting at atheists? or No, no Christians. The, who do the communists always kill? Oh, I get you. They go after the Christians. It's always to, whenever they're installing their communism that killed so many people. Well, communism is an atheistic government. The government is your god. And you can't, right. Yeah, uh, you yeah. just look at. I mean, God, look at the freaking Russian Revolution. Look at what they mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. Uh, just after gaining power. You know, the the, the parades yeah. that they would uh, that they would send through the streets in Moscow. You know, having Jesus Christ and Buddha uh, and Allah, whatever, uh, all naked and having just gay orgies in the streets, and they're just absolute blasphemy of of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, all all religion. And it's all religion, but but for the most part, like like in China, it was it was uh, when Mao killed the Chinese, they were they were Christians. Yes, 
yeah, the focus is always on Christians. Um, right. So that being said, so seeing as how our enemy is, you know, Jews, communists, whatever you want to call them, it's always the same thing. The, you know, the Zionists, the globalists, the, Zion, the, the Jews, Jews and friends, commies, whatever, Bolsheviks. Um, seeing as how they always go after Christians, even a non-Christian should be like, hmm, why, why is my greatest enemy going after, you know, because the Jews are our greatest enemy, right? Why are they going after Christians? And why am I going after Christians if the Jews are going after Christians? Hmm. Am I on the Jews' hmm. side here? Well, it comes down to, again, what we've been talking about for like the past couple of weeks. You know, we have guys who will admit the hollow hoax is, is a total hoax and all these different things the Jews do. And there's this grand Jewish conspiracy spanning, you know, several centuries. But no, they're not going to lie about the moon landing. They're not going to lie about 9-11. They're certainly not going to lie about this or that or this or that. And Jesus was a kike. The, well. <laughs> the coping there. It's well, these people. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, these people. Uh, a lot of these people want some kind of organization to organically spring from the ashes of this continent-wide strip mall that will push back against these parasites. But the most effective group that was ever in this country, and good luck trying to find anything about them who pushed back against these parasites was during the Great Depression, and that was the Christian Front. And that's, uh, and that they had the largest, they had the largest nationwide membership of an, or, as, of an organization that was yoked in Christ and believed in pushing back against the influence of these parasites that uh, run everything now. The influence of the crooked captains? Yes. Oh, that was such a fantastic chapter. It is. Well, the whole book is fantastic. It is. Can yes. I can I humble brag real quick? Since we're speaking of that book, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I have a brand new, unshrink wrapped original, first edition, never sold copy of White Power. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and that I also have worthy of a pure brag, not a humble. Yeah, brag. I also have a I also have a, a dog eared copy that I've read about four times. <laughs> I have a leather-bound copy, uh, first edition of Dante's Inferno, with nice. the etchings and stuff. Inside. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's got to be worth a couple bucks. It's uh, it's my second favorite book. What's your fa- oh, the Bible? Oh yeah, my grandmother's red leather-bound with gold leaf uh, right. Catholic action Bible right. that has all her notes and shit inside there. Yeah. Nice. My- right on. That's cool. I need to um. I need to get a new Bible. All I have are King James um, of New Testaments, and I don't. I need. I need. What, what, I need ESV, right? Is that what you said? Why not? Well, no, ESV. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I would get a KJV one. KJV one. If I have, if I, if I was getting another one, I have two King James version Bibles. I'm not real fond of the King James version Bible anymore. I think. According to Edward Henry, I think the ESV version has a lot of uh, globe cuckery that's been uh, shoehorned into there. Does it? Well, for when it comes to ESV, personally, I use it for the New Testament only. I will only ever use it for that. For the Old Testament, I do still have like Masoretic copies, but I use my uh, big copy of the Septuagint, the Lancelot T. Brenton translation. Um. 
Yeah, I have a Septuagint for the Old Testament. No, I have a Septuagint for the Old Testament, so that's why I was figuring the ESV would be fine for the new. ESV is one that uh, uh, Michael Heiser, one of my favorite biblical scholars, recommends. Um, He's, he is, I appreciate how he is not like, oh, don't use this, don't use that, that's crap. Uh, He's very, um, what's the word? not political, but he's very careful when recommending biblical translations because people like that get asked all the time. Uh, But ESV is one that he consistently, especially for the New Testament itself, uh, that he recommends. Where are all these... Henry is also not kind to Mr. Heiser. I haven't gotten there yet. Really? What does he say about about Michael Heiser? Heiser's a globe cuck. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Basically, he goes... uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go, go for it. Uh, basically, Hen- basically, Henry goes after it, the ones he goes after the hardest in sphere of influence are the ones who say that they're creationists or that they don't believe in evolution. Uh, you know, the ones the ones that go against aspects of the religion of scientism. He right. goes after them. He goes after them the hardest because they ha- they manage to while having the right opinion about. Uh, say evolution or something ridiculous like the Big Bang, mm-hmm. they will. They they typically are the ones that call people who believe in a biblical cosmology of the of the Earth retards and 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 they're the most vehement about the uh, about the shape of the realm. Yeah, and he's very consistent when he goes through all of these pastors, um, pastors, scholars, academics, um, which I appreciate the one thing I will say, and I'm not trying to make excuses for, you know, heliocentrists. Um, but I've, I've always said this when it comes to boomers, they, we can't always throw the baby out with the bathwater with them. They do good work and they have good intentions and good faith. Um, but they are far more set in their deception than we are at this point because, well, we're here, right? We're talking about what we talk about. Um, They never grew up in community or culture that questioned anything. They got the full brunt, um, you know, with the perfect deception mask on there. So they're not going to go as far as we do, but we what we can do is take the good work that they have done and take it further. Yeah. Push away. Okay. This boomer may have great things to say about, you know, the gospel or may have great things to say about whatever conspiracy theory we're thinking, but they still counter signal Nazis. They still hate uh, flat earthers, whatever. So we have to take where they left off and bring it further and make the connections that they couldn't. Okay, that being said, being a Christian and being a globe cook, I don't know that I, like that's that's a kind of a hard one for me because I'm at the point now where if it's biblical cosmology, and if you believe the Bible, if that's if that's in, if in fact in fact you do believe the Bible, that is your, you know, uh, your religious belief is that the Bible is true all the way through, then you can't be a globe cook. I just well, and I agree, but at the same time, are we saying, is that saying then that anybody who professes to be a Christ follower, 
but also has fallen for the heliocentric deception, are we saying that they are not fully Christ followers at that point? They're being deceived. They are definitely being deceived. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. They're still men, right? They're still, they're sure. still men. Who Nobody's are perfect, right? Like and men are, are not perfect, right? So they can be right on some things and be totally wrong on others, just like we're right on, well, okay, mostly everything. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to try to interpret Henry's uh, position on what you're talking about, Reinhardt. Basically, the way he seems to feel about the people that espouse uh, 75% on board with what actually is said in the Bible, and then the 25% not, he thinks that a lot of them actually do know that the Bible says the earth is flat. And they are intentionally obfuscating because they don't want to lose face because they're suffering from pride. They're suffering from the sin of pride. And I they would, don't want to they don't want to lose face with the people around them, their congregation, the people that they want uh, accolades from and respect. I would agree with that, and I'd say probably most of it is that. Um, I do I do want to believe that there are still those with good intentions out there that are just they're deceived and in this aspect they are going to continue in that deception unfortunately and that's something that they are going to have to work out you know with the father themselves uh whether in this life or the next but i would agree that uh, nine times out of ten it, it seems to be pride these people seem to know because especially when it comes to christian academics which i love his takedowns of christian academics in the book and i i, I really appreciate how he posts the the emails the the back and forth that he has with these people um they just they just stop when they get to a certain point <laughs> they do yeah they yeah. they provide you know whatever they have and it is always very insulting always which gives me the impression that he is correct that it is pride um because they're they're trying to defend something that they know in their heart mm -hmm. just like we always try to do when we know we're lying but we don't want other people to know it what are we going to do we're going to completely put it down right Right, you're gonna mock it as yeah. humans. Yeah. Right, and mock it. Mm -hmm. You're gonna use the, the old Saul Alinsky techniques. Yes. Ridicule, ridicule, ridicule. Yep. Yep. Yes. Because it works. It does. It does work. It works with everything. Ridicule, social shaming. Anybody that says that shaming doesn't work is lying because shaming works. Look at the masks. You know. It just it all depends on who's doing the shaming. Right. right. I mean, like we could slut shame and bring you know do a lot of bringing people back into some morality, you know, but we're not allowed to. But they can mask uh, spe shame. Speaking of slut shaming, I got this really great. I got this really great uh, screenshot uh, from from Twitter. Oh. Uh, it was it's called OnlyFans people posting their L's. And oh. <laughs> Can I read this real quick? Sure. It, this cracks me up. Sugar Daddy gave me counterfeit money during our date, then blocked me on Instagram afterwards. What do I do? Discussion. So this guy hit me up on Instagram saying that he wanted to be my SD. That doesn't stand for San Diego. That stands for uh, Sugar Daddy. I okay. Think. Glad we're clear and on I that. Was Thank you. And I was interested. He told me that he gives a weekly allowance of $500, so that definitely caught my interest. We decided to meet up on Saturday night. And he wanted to cuddle. 
and make out in his car. <laughs> he gave me the money before we started, and I should have turned a light on to check to see if they were real, but I didn't. So we had fun for a few hours, and then he tells me he had a fun time and leaves. As soon as I get into my car, I turn on the lights and check the money. They were all fake 100s. It's basically the prop money they use in movies. I tried going on his Instagram profile, but before I could, he blocked me, and I didn't remember his full name. I'm so dumb for falling for this trap. What can I do now that I've been scammed and violated by a random stranger? Is this just something that I have to learn from and let go of? What do you guys think? <laughs> oh wow! Oh, help me, Void. Oh. I don't. Yeah. So you're gonna ask the internet for life advice after you just got? Wow. How, question, real quick. How is this paranormal material? Oh, it's not. It's terrible, though. Wow. This is why. This is why the aliens don't talk to us. Like you know. I mean, that meme, this is why. Mm -hmm. Right here, because people are like this. Um, this is why I would actually... You know, remember how Neil uh, Snake in the Grass Tyson said the thing about um, what makes you think that if aliens could come here, they would want to come here anyway? Remember that? Yeah. I mean, this makes me not want to... You know, you know, agreeing with magic black science guy for the wrong reasons. People like this, people like this make me want to agree with that guy. Well, no, I think they would want to come here because that just shows how easily everybody can be manipulated. Yeah, I guess. I guess if aliens are into manipulation, I mean, that's, that's a, you know, that's a trope that we put onto them. We don't know what mental BDSM. Mm -hmm. Mental BDSM. People would be into it. They are. They are. They put up with all kinds of BDSM from the media constantly, the MK Ultra and the stuff coming out of your black magic devil scrying screen constantly. That's that's uh sadomasochism if you turn on and consciously stare at it for you know. You're punishing black science man sadomasochism. God. Jack. You wrote that down, right? Yes. All right. Black, <laughs> black magic sadomasochism guy. There you go. There we go. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that one down too. Oh man, he's in the running. Yeah, I know. Um, we kind of have we kind of have content, but we kind of don't. And we've kind of done a lot of content recently. Um, we have. We've done a lot of good content recently too. Crystal Trees episode went over really well. That was really good stuff, Reinhardt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was. I was very excited uh, to talk about that. I, I hope I did a good job containing some of my more excitable uh, notes. Oh, it was fine, man. There's a lot more to that stuff that is very interesting, and it's not just um, that one video that Russian, the Russian guy video. There's a lot more to it. Did you guys notice the uh, the faking space guy on Telegram and and Twitter? He's um, He's going hard against the crystal trees and the giants, uh, the mountains being giants. I'm not necessarily sold on the petrified giants, to be to be fair, other than the silica beings thing. But the silica trees, like, come on, guy. It's like right there. 
He's really he really went hard this week on well, buildings. Well, I was gonna I was gonna get to that, yeah. But he was, we'll start with where he first started going hard against, which was yeah, I, the silica crystal stuff. Yeah, I as far as the petrified titans theory goes, I don't think it's as widespread, anywhere near mm-hmm. as widespread as the crystal tree phenomenon. Um, there are a lot of quote rock formations that are to me appear just too coincidental in appearance mm-hmm. mud um, fossils and ge- geological structure yeah i i i think that it is real but i don't think it's anywhere near as widespread as the crystal tree debris that is spread all the way across the world yeah the crystal tree debris slash mining you know waste um that makes a lot more sense just looking at it just using my eyes looking at things Looking at things, I've been in construction for quite a long time. I know what a pile of construction debris looks like. You know, I know what a pile of ground-up rock looks like. I know what a pile of mining waste looks like. And now, looking at you know, mountains and volcanoes and all these other things, you know, ravines and the Grand Canyon, it makes more sense that they're mining operations as opposed to erosion. But Speaking this, of which, did oh. did you see the Antarctica video that I believe it was Skull shared? to our channel uh this week mm, which one it, it was a video it. from a helicopter going over antarctica no i did not and yeah it was a video of a helicopter going over antarctica and about 44 seconds in you they pass over a giant cliff that snow has kind of melted off of and it appears to look exactly like the top of a table mountain or crystal tree stump yeah, I find the mud fossil university stuff very interesting, but I don't like every time he points at what's supposed to be a giant dragon over the continent of Africa. I just can't see it. I kind of see the fish, but I think it's ridiculous. I think it's not all it's not always petrified titans and massive beings. I think a lot of them are, most of them probably are smaller fauna uh, fauna and flora, aside from the trees. I don't know. I, all I know is uh, those, those cliff faces and, and stuff that I saw in Bandelier National Monument, those still look like melted buildings to me. Oh, yeah, that, those look more... There's definitely melted buildings. That's definitely a thing. Um there's like ones in are they in Iraq or Iran the ones that are actually called the melted buildings the melted castle or something like that right um am I wrong I don't, I don't remember so. I don't those so. are uh Turkey it's Turkey okay that was one of those the, countries where they wear the Tur- weird Turkey's hats. the one with the the car they, they have the carved out spaces inside the melted stuff right right so yes, it's like it's it's Cappadocia the, yeah, it's as so, if like a bunch of rock melted on top of something. Okay, so the inside of the structures are pretty well intact, right? Mm, more or less, right. yeah. Okay, so did the outside part of the structure look mm-hmm. completely different, or did they actually, or did they actually build something on the inside and try to use the fucked up stuff on the outside as camouflage? So Are we actually, talking specifically for Cappadocia or just in general with all of these type like Pueblo or 
cave system dwellings. I'm sorry, repeat that. I said, are we, are we talking specifically in Turkey, like Cappadocia, or like all of these Puebloan type uh, well, well, cave dwellings? Well, the hypothesis about the melted buildings in the American Southwest is that all the seams of gold and all that stuff that was mined out mm-hmm. was mined out from uh, tunnels that were really just the melted uh, rooms and hallways of a melted building. And yeah, you know, like like the inside of those places was pretty was so well deformed by the melting. That uh, of course it looks like mining tunnels, or right? Whatnot. And that the but gold in Cappadocia, the outside looks totally fucked, but the inside is still like perfectly nice rooms that are that are bizarrely engineered to not uh, collapse upon each other, and could I think they said could fit up to uh, forty four hundred people, and my I, I may be totally wrong about that. That seems rather large. They are rather large, though. Yeah, they're no, very, very they are right. They're big, but that just seems like a lot, like a lot for under underground. Um, I was going to say something, I forgot now. Um, I would say that in terms of Cappadocia, it probably is the case that they were built underneath that you know, messed up rock formation that they were built inside for a reason, whether to hide or what, whatever reason. For okay. Their construction. So I think they were built, but I can see the melted buildings in the American Southwest. Okay, so saying that that's the case that they actually built those underground. What what did they use? They quarried that rock out of the that mountain. Then right, they they carved those walls with what? Well, if they're utilizing already natural cave systems that are there, or cave systems created in the past by let's say, directed energy weapons or some kind of technology. They could be building off of technology that create that was created before, and they had to do relatively little work connecting okay. everything. So they're inheritors then. Possibly. It's possible. Possibly that they inherited something. and they yeah, and they built upon it. Built on that. Yeah, possible. Possible. You can't take anything off the table nowadays, right? Okay, so the faking space guy has been going hard. Um, about about that about the uh, now now he's doing the you know the mud flood right so first it was first it was the one thing and now it's the mud flood now the mud flood well of course because John Levi's a shill he did his the numerology and John Levi comes out to like thirty three or something you know his name in 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 Chaldean numerology or whatever numerology this guy does. So the mud flood is fake. And one of the reasons why the mud flood is fake is because, you know, the windows that are on ground level, right? Did you know that there was a tax, a window tax in in England? So, um, and the bricked up windows. So the what happened was, is because these people were going to start getting charged per window for taxes, that they bricked up their windows so they didn't have to pay the taxes on the windows. That Shut the fuck up. Literally what was said. Stop it. I'm I'm not lying. Wow. That's the that that is the gayest thing but since wait. the official narrative for the Ames Monument. But wait. Even pulled up 
an official statute, like a city ordinance from 1887 or some shit, whenever this was supposed to be true. So Wikipedia had... Oh, reliable source right there. Right, right. So don't uh, even need to call Snopes. Right, we don't like. Don't even need to get the cat lady involved. Yeah, we don't like. We don't like. Um, we don't like John Levi. We don't like Mud Flood. We don't like any of that stuff anymore. Um, but see, the thing is, is all of these things are being tied together to discredit Flat Earth. Except the people I know that are the most ardent flat earth supporters slash believers they feel like the mud flood and a reset has occurred right you know they like right. like for them it's it's an extension of the deception that has been played on us for well over 100 years sure that is definitely that is definitely the case. I find the same thing that the, most people that I know that are into the biblical cosmology or you know um, the fact that there is a heliocentric lie, they are more receptive to the mud flood theories and Tartaria and all of that. Um, so I've su- but yeah. I've subscribed to Faking Spaces channel for a long time, and uh, there's typically some pretty good memes on there and. Uh, I always ignore his anti-Christian stuff. I, you know, it's sort of like one of those things. It's like, well, you pick and choose, right? But all this week, he's been going anti-mud flood or whatever. And some of the pictures he has used to make his case are the fake and gay photoshopped construction photos of things like the Capitol. You know, with the vanilla sky and everything. You know, the, the, the stuff that, and when I say photoshopped, no, I don't mean in the 1800s they had the program we know as Photoshop. I, I mean the sort of uh, photo editing techniques to remove things from the photos. Yeah. No, they, he's, wait a second. Wait a second. He's using the stuff that yeah, we use. He's using the cap, like the Capitol building. Let me so, see. I. Yeah, so so basically the the pictures that we use to prove the mud flood. He's saying because we're like, look, there's where the photoshop occurred. There's where that's vanilla sky. You can see there that that part of the building is edited in right there that there's not even supposed to be there. There's no shadow there. Blah blah blah. And this guy's using that as his proof of that that is real. Yes. Wow. I don't get that. I don't. I don't understand that. So he doesn't think the large stones were quarried and brought. He thinks the large stones were were uh, like a concrete mix that was poured into a mold on site. Yes, the geopolymer theory that these all of these things were just poured in place, and uh, yeah. You know, the all the marble statues are just there were molds and they poured them in place. Even the one uh what's the one it's got the fishing net all around it that looks like it was like three D carved, like the with an actual three D printer. You know the one I'm talking about. 
It's got like the naked woman with the fishing net. It's not even the veiled one. It's even more, it's even more than like more crazy than, um, than the veiled, than the veiled statues. But, uh, yeah, totally poured in a mold. There's no way. I don't believe, I don't believe that at all, that, that the, these buildings were poured in place. These giant columns were poured. There were casts. Okay, if that's the case, where's the castings? Where's all the casts? Where are the forms? Cement needs forms. I work in construction. When you pour a new floor, right, you have to make a form that's the shape of the outside of what you want to put the concrete in right like right yeah you there's no way you couldn't pour i mean you could like to like these uh the columns right so what you would need is giant tubes in which you would pour the concrete then once the concrete sets you take the tube off the outside and inside is remaining you know the the column right Okay, sure. Uh, let's say that that's the case. So where's the giant pump truck pumping all this concrete? Like, Right? I mean, concrete is something that needs to be constantly stirred. That's why the trucks have that rolly thing going on the back, the big, the big thing that turns, it turns the concrete, the cement mixer. Right? Because it, it needs to keep moving, otherwise it'll harden. Okay, so how did they do that back whenever they built these buildings if they're poured in place? They have crews of Mexicans like they do nowadays. No. Okay, I guess we are. Oops. Oh. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. You guys missed my little my little bit on uh, did the uh, did the Tartarians have a crew of Mexicans on their concrete crew? Oh, yeah. Didn't hear any of that. No, it's okay. Well, I just did it again, basically. talking about the concrete and um how did they pour this stuff in place like what do they use to pour it in place were there pump trucks right you guys know you guys know how concrete is poured yeah i don't see it yeah yeah he also calls paul cook a charlatan why well oh well because they're both british he's like fighting with paul cook paul cook stopped emailing me I emailed Paul Cook. I had him ready to come on the show. The last email exchange I had with him was giving him times for the show, like what time we record and what days and whatever. And, and I know he's in England, so we have to work around him like we do with Gott. Like we record extra late and he gets up extra early. I mean, that's very nice of Gott to do that for us. But like, you know, we would work around Paul Cook, right? And um, I emailed him. The last thing I emailed him was like, you know, the times of the show and that was two weeks ago very sad oh well yeah oh well paul cook please come on the show and then this last thing i'm gonna ask all right <laughs> it's the last time i'm gonna ask that's it that's it all right what else we got here um yeah so I don't understand how you can go from being, you know, this is this is what happened, and I'm looking at it. And this is fake, and this is fake, and this is the vanilla sky, and blah blah blah. And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, I just don't believe it. Nope, it's fake. 
There was a law. That's why the windows are like that. Oh, oh, the reason why, reason why buildings, stuff's built underground. You want to know why there's, there's floors underground, you guys? Because that's where they didn't have refrigerators. Everything had to be stored underground. Oh, that's oh. right. That's they just didn't have they did refrigerators. It. Sometimes four and five stories underground, Dogbot. I don't think that's enough. With what kind of excavators did these people excavate these second and third basements, you know? Uh, shovels. Right. And a lot of ingenuity and sandwiches. Many. Big, big sandwich. Big big shovels with big bootstraps on them. Yes. I was going to say yes. Very, very many bootstraps. Um, lots of sandwiches. It's well, they were based, so they're women. All they did was just make them sandwiches and knit uh, rags for them to wipe the sweat off of their brow. Right. Well, while giving birth to their 11th child. Right, of yes. course. Who was born in a brand new spanking new pair of bootstraps. Did they have hand-me-down and, bootstraps? And even the, ones who, even the ones who didn't make it somehow just ended up out west. Right, right. That's how all the orphans got out there because they yeah, they were pulling themselves up by their bootstraps on the time they were born. Well, I think what happened was there's these large families and for some reason the parents just disappeared. So somebody had to take care of these 11 kids. So orphans. Well, you know, train conductors are notorious for their uh, their generosity. Ah, yes. Children, I've seen orphans. Polar Express. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much that's that's exactly how it is. Mm-hmm. Except you know those kids never get off the trains. When they take them back home, they just go straight <laughs> out west and build yeah. them a brand new life. Teach them how to use those bootstraps the right way. Right, right, right. I want to hear. I want to hear what so, the cope is for the orphan trains. If this guy doesn't believe the mud flood anymore, or at all, I don't mean if he never did. But the copes, man, like these are literal terrible blue pill copes. Like I want to go through the I want to go through and read some of them right now that it's so bad. We got a couple more well, minutes think, before the break. I think this faking space guy is a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier uh, when it comes to quote our guys and conspiracy people who are believers uh, in Christ and the hope of Christ and those who are against it because this guy is definitely a big atheist fag. Uh, oh, we big all know time. that. Big time. Anytime he, he brings up religion, he like antagonizes Christians and then um he'll be like he'll do the thing where he's like, Oh, your god's a sky you know, your stupid sky daddy, da, 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 da. it's just Apollo, it's just the sun. Ah, BTFO again. And then he does the pigeon playing chess where like he knocks over the chess pieces and shits all over the board and acts like he's won. Right. Th- this faking space guy isn't the angry British uh, streamer guy that's on that's that's on YouTube that sounds kind of like uh, an angry Ricky Gervais who yells at people about the Black Swan. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Um, who I can't I can never remember. I know who you're talking channel. about too, and I was like that be that guy would be great to be like you you know the three of us well four kind of, I keep forgetting Jack's here because he's taking notes the four of us Mr E that guy like that be a, that be a, that be a cool barbecue you know? yeah I, that's that stream happened once while I was at work and uh, I got to listen to about an hour of it while it was happening and that guy is pretty good on the cuff. 
at being a brutal, insulting son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, but no, because I don't think so, because this guy has too many boomer memes on his channel for it to be that okay. guy. Yeah. That guy only talks about the curvature. Like he does not like he he want he wants people to argue, like he wants people to come on there and try to prove the Earth is round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so so he doesn't fuck around with other tangential, possibly connected aspects of some of the stuff that we t- end up talking about. But it's it's entertaining. Definitely, definitely entertaining. You don't um, you don't remember the, the 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 channel or anything like nobody here remember like I'd li- I I was wondering if there was any recorded streams of that guy on YouTube. Yeah, to watch. I know his I name is Gary something or oh man um the heck is his name? Is it angry? British. Gary Busey. Yes. crickets i'm trying to look the guy up i know of course. <laughs> all right I'm waiting for my computer to do the bit nobody's filibustering gary Busey jokes and there's like like all you can hear is the chirping of cricket <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um oh wow yeah that's a good idea for to google that never find anything on google they actually like came up with the Ken Ham versus Bill Nye debate. What the frig is that all about? Oh man, I can't remember the guy's name now, and it's gonna bother me until I can. But anyway, yeah, I just don't understand. Like, I, I don't, and I don't think it is like, um, like you said, Reinhardt, with people like Doctor Heiser, where like he's good on ninety percent of it, but that other ten percent. This guy's not like that. This guy's This guy's like all he wants to talk about. Well, now all he wants to talk about is uh Melania being a man, which we called that a long time ago. Yeah, I don't know how yeah, yeah no. I don't know how you can't see that. You don't wait, you don't think Melania is not a man, right? I don't wait, fake no, it. Talked about that? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's talking. Oh no, he's doing like three heads across. Like, look at the man. Look at those man hands. There's an Adam's apple. There's this. There's that Melania is a man. So. Oh, I thought I I thought you were talking about occult symbolism because they've been going oh, hard. Yeah. On, uh, the, uh, the 1936 Olympians. Mm-hmm. That were all men. Oh man, some of those are just woo. Oh, they would not make a Wyatt thread. Oh God, no. <laughs> Wyatt's threads Wyatt's athletic threads are aesthetic okay very aesthetic yeah but I'm, I'm always like really scared going through them because I don't know which you know, yeah like, you don't when you don't know when the weird anime tell me picture is coming yeah <laughs> now was, was Jesse Owens a man you know what we'd have to look was he Do- just a buck who resisted the breaking? Dogbot, let's get some lines on uh, on Jesse Owens. Did you I watch? Want- did you watch the Mister E video on Simone Biles? There's a Mister E video on Simone Biles. 
Yeah. Oof. He's like, the bile's rising in my throat right now. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Oh, man, I have to watch that. No, the one I watched was the one we're going to discuss coming up uh, in, a, in, an, in another an upcoming episode. The- I want to let everybody know if you have a BitChute account or if you don't, you can watch Mr. E's new material. He's putting out new material at Mr. E History. If you look that up, you should be able to find the six. I think he's got like six or seven new videos. Yes, I've watched what a couple of them. I didn't know he did Simone Biles, though. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, that one was hilarious. Yeah, it's, that's, oh my God. The one on Adam's apples is a really good just <laughs> intro primer to uh basic transvestigating and what to look for it is it's it's also like he didn't need to do that like he said in the one video he's like i've I've been doing this for seven fucking years now <laughs> i don't have to do it anymore you guys should be able to spot it now at this point if you can't spot it i can't help you i like that attitude all right let's take a break how about that let's take a break you guys want to take a break all right yeah i got i got a good break song for this week what do you got uh just this little old Godflesh song called Like Rats. Here we go. We'll be back.
All right, everybody, we are back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Dogbot, Reinhardt, and Jack. Wow. Uh, I'm just kind of hanging out tonight. This isn't shit posting. Is this shit posting? I don't think so. Well, it's way more than 38 minutes of it. It's right. 38 times 3. But it's not. Minus 40. But. 38 times. times th- minus 40. Carry the 2. What? What? No. No. Anyway. No, it's not shit posting. We actually talked about stuff that was fairly important. What else we got? Oh, I think we should do a whole episode on clowns. But <coughs> somebody just choke. Is, it, is everybody okay? Did somebody die? What happened? I think I think Dogbot kind of died. Dogbot, no, that wasn't me. Oh, Jack, Reinhardt, You're Jack, Reinhardt? are you okay? Jack, wasn't me. Blink twice. No, that was that was me. I hit mute and it wasn't muted. Oh, this is the second time tonight it's done this. I fucking hate technology. I'm gonna go on mute and fed post. Okay, you do that. Oof. Sound like he said I'm gonna turn into a mutant fed post. That's what he said. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's gonna. Jack will be will ascend to become a living fed post. <laughs> So that none of us have to fed post, actually. Right. So back to clowns. Um, yes. Based mom, chef's mom, sent us a link to this Conspiracy RS video. Did the Nephilim look like clowns? Yeah, that was a Conspiracy RS, Conspiracy RS video, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what I did. Is it, did I not say that? I thought I did. Um, oh, I think you, you cut out in the middle there. Oh, stupid internet. So the white skin, the red hair... The funky teeth, like all the the things that make clowns clowns, are all also things that are found in descriptions of say giants in some nephilim as well, right? I mean that's basically the theory here: the red hair, the uh, the red caps on the molai statues. Um, that maybe that's where the red hair comes from, and the white face, right? Right. Know. Yeah. The the thing about the the giants. Uh, Red hair, green eyes. Obviously, mm-hmm. we have the six fingers, six toes. But a lot of people forget about the skin as well. Um, in the highly disputed uh, Book of Noah and other texts, um, the angels, fallen angels, and the giants are described as having very, very uh, fair skin, almost like ivory. And in the Book of Noah, Noah is actually mistaken by his father for being a child of the angels. Uh, because he was born with ivory white skin. I'm a little confused. So if the Moai had red hats, right? You're saying that the Nephilim giants basically had a red version of hair like kid and play. Like, I have like no idea what the, that means. No, here, yeah, that's an obscure like, like reference the, there. Talking about, I barely got it. That the the late 80s early 90s like not, it's uh, not gonna flat top afro yeah look. the high top fade but red yeah no is that what that's called high top fade yeah the high top fade yeah no i don't believe that that's what they're saying the the red caps kind of looked more like a red wig like it was like red hair on top of its head but they call them the red caps but it looks yeah, more like they just like, end up looking like headdresses right they were right they were attempting to make to do the red hair but the giant of Kandahar, you know, was a red-headed, right. six-fingered giant. 
the giants at Lovelock Cave were redheaded. Well, we see the elongated skulls uh, mm-hmm. coming out of places like Peru, Southeast Asia, right, the Africa, skulls, uh, right. that all have red hair. Mm-hmm. The Egyptian pharaohs, the, some of the earliest Egyptian pharaohs as well, all depicted as having red hair. And bright red hair, not just like like Auburn or anything, like red, red hair. So Yes, fair skin, red hair, green, sometimes blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either, right, so the, so the red hair and the white skin could possibly be Nephilim related. I think so. And I think one interesting point, I, I only got uh, 17 minutes through that video. It was 22 minutes. Right. Um, but I don't know if you ever mentioned the clown smile that they have a lot of times is actually kind of indicative almost of a snake's mouth. Mm-hmm. Very that much was so. one thought that I had. Yeah, the um, Cheshire Cat grin, that big toothy smile. A Chelsea smile mm-hmm. that like the uh, the Joker had in The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, very indicative it- of a snake's mouth. Is there anything in the extra biblical text about large shoes or flowers that squirt water? I don't believe so. No. I don't I, believe I, they have anything about spats in there. Yeah, I don't think what they about, have. What about uh, dozens of them being able to fit inside oh, one I chariot? I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do the, <laughs> the clowns in the chariot. No, they don't have anything in the book of... There's nothing in the book of Jasher or the book of Jubilees about any of that, no. Um, however, all that's, that's kind of funny though. No, but the thing about the original clown, right? The, the clown's appearance, the white face clown supposedly came from some guy named Joseph Grimaldi in 1801 and his clown. Did you see the picture that they, they put up for like the advertisement for his, his clown or whatever? There's not a single black and white photograph of a clown that's not as fucking creepy as it could possibly get. Right. And I'm not even one of these, like, clownophobic people or whatever. Like, it's just just a fact. You look at any black and white photograph of a clown, and they're super fucking creepy. And you just brought up an excellent point, though. This whole, like, I'm sure it's not the correct word for it. Jack, look this word up, please. Clownophobic. No, there's another. Yeah, there's an yeah, actual I know, word. I know there's word, an actual but... word because psychology is is an industry, yes. Psychiatry is an industry, whatever. Um I forgot what I was gonna say, what was I gonna say about that? Uh yeah, oh, the fact that people are clown phobic, like is that like we talked remember we talked about with um with the Neanderthal stuff is like some of this this uh some of our behavior is that, you know, like genetically passed down. Well, is this fear of clowns genetically passed down from fear of the Nephilim? It's possible. I think uh, the amount of blood drinking, cannibalistic clowns, and uh, let's say you have like Pennywise being a killer uh, clowns from outer space. Yeah, being an ancient being, uh, similar to like an old one or Mm -hmm. uh, Sumerian god uh, that takes the form of this clown, this child eating, blood drinking clown. I think that is definitely an interesting connection with the ancient cults of these giants. Um, and funny enough, you know, they try to hide it in humor and in entertainment, but really it's, it's dark. It is. I mean, they, they do. Yeah. They, they definitely, they try to couch it. They try to couch it in humor and whatever. Well, I mean, the the clown, these pictures, these black and white pictures of clowns from like the 1920s, 1930s, you can't tell me those were supposed to be humorous. No, they're petrifying. Yeah. Those are not hilarious. Nobody thought that was funny. 
Nobody, th- no, that, that is absolutely terrifying. Um, it's like, uh, was, that was definitely, definitely Disney, but the Johnny Depp, um, Alice in Wonderland, right? The one that oh, had, Mad Hatter. yeah, he was the Mad Hatter and the Red Queen was, uh, what's his, his wife? What's her name? Or what's his name's Alina wife? Alina Bonham Carter. And Alina Bonham Carter. Yeah. And then even the jester, right? Um, now here's the thing that these, these clowns or excuse me, the Nephilim supposedly have these clowns often have like the jester hat, right? The two the two pointed hat. Right. Yeah. Of horns or protrusions. Right. So horns or protrusions. Now and the black and white checkerboard of the black and white stripes, right? That's also associated with these things a lot of times. Now, um the Hopi Indians now dog about you were saying something about it earlier, like you didn't understand how the Hopi tied into all this. Well, no, it looked like they were in blackface. Right. Well, like, they were. Yeah, it didn't. Like, they were. They it were it in blackface. It looked like they were doing a vaudeville act. It right. Not, it, it, the clay, the clay figurines. Okay, that that's different. Have. I'm talking. I'm talking about the getups. Right. Right. Had. The getups were pretty. The getups were pretty fun. I think. I think that the picture in the the picture for the getups. I think that's a staged one, for like a, a maybe a world's fair or something. I don't think they yeah, really did that. Apology book. Yeah, like that was, you go, yeah. You go to one of their tribal ceremonies, and you're like, "Are they dancing a jig right now? What's going on?" Right, but okay. So back to the, the little <laughs> the statues. They had the black and white stripes, the checkerboards, and they had the two horns coming out of the head. And um, they also had the one. Oh, what was the name of the uh, the Koshari Kosher? Yeah, the Kosharis, the sacred entities, right? Now these are not just like archetypes of a of a of an of an idea or whatever. These are actual things that these people like described in their writings and actual beings. These are actual entities, um, and they were the same thing. They had the the two horns. Uh, they were black and white striped. So your court jesters usually have your two little jester points right on his head. And they wear striped outfits or multicolored outfits. Um, they're kind of like circus clowns, right? It's possible, you know. Oh, you know who else had? You know who else had stripes? Ronald McDonald. He's got stripes, right? His socks are striped. And the Hamburglar. The Hamburglar has the black and white stripes. What if those yeah. guys are like the McDonald's crew? Is a um a representation of what like Nephilim were. And just so we're clear to the audience here, we're not saying they actually looked like humorous clowns or anything right. like that. No. Far more gruesome, obviously, but wait, are you saying that a Jewish corrupt GMO food organization that exists solely to poison us and mm-hmm. steal our children from mm-hmm. us is using ancient giant mystical blood drinkers to attract our children to their poison that is exactly what i'm saying sounds about right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah sounds I about right yeah oh I you know what it was that. another good point they brought up in that video uh was joe have you ever done dmt rogan yes and the dmt and when you do dmt you see the mechanical elves you see the uh the the tricksters whatever they're called the uh but they're mechanical elves that's what i've always known them as the jesters but they're like the the dmt jesters right and so you see them and they're always in some sort of carnival setting or you're in a circus setting or a casino or something 
And it's always like some sort of, it is, it's like a fair or, or, or a carnival or something. And then these mechanical elves, they often look just like Joe Rogan described them exactly. Actually, I, I took a screenshot and he described what, this is Joe Rogan's quote. Let me pull this up. And he basically described what we were talking about with the stripes and did it not save? I've got it up if... if. Uh, no, that's actually not his quote. He just talks about... So it says, yeah. Strangely, gesture-type entities commonly appear in the DMT experience. In DMT, the spirit molecule, many, many participants reported encountering clowns, jesters, jokers, and imps during their experiences with the substance. Many users also report... Many users report also describe these types of entities as tricksters. These entities are often engaged in elaborate and mind-boggling performances and tricks. The environment they inhabit can also reflect their entertaining nature, with many users finding themselves in strange dimensions that re resemble a circus, a carnival, or a casino. In fact, Terrence McKenna has said that the archetype of DMT is the circus. Now, have you ever seen, uh, what is it, Fear and Lilith in Las Vegas? Yeah. Remember when they're at the carnival and they're doing drugs and it's like everything's a circus and everything's weird and the clown that's literally like what a DMT experience is is supposed to be like what i've heard quite now, a bit the whole movie is all about drugs which is i've heard quite a bit from people who were involved in like new age like mm -hmm. the new age movement and spiritual spirituality like taking DMT or mm -hmm. doing whatever kind of spiritual stuff they want to access like spiritual realms and uh and they would report things that were very much like this, very indicative of jesters, clowns, something like a very just off, very off-putting circus. Um, and they would be, you know, entertained and brought in, and they would talk to these beings, and these beings would want to come with them or want them to stay with them. But as soon as they said something these beings didn't like, uh, everything would change, and these things would get just horrific, and sometimes would follow them out of their trip and end up in in their daily lives. Huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, don't, don't fuck around with this stuff. No, do just, not. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Leave the DMT alone. The spirit molecule does not need to listen. You have plenty of DMT in your pineal gland. Decalcify your pineal gland and you will have plenty of DMT. Okay. You don't yeah. need the demon tea, right? You don't need. Thank you. Good one. Uh, where do you think? Well, like seriously, for a second, let's get a little spirit science-y or whatever, or just talk about this for a minute. When you sleep, you dream, right? Sure. Where, uh, in your dreams, there is you know, light, right? You're having a dream. You're running through a field. You're doing whatever. You're driving a car. You're in the mall, whatever, right? You can see the stuff in your dream. It's daylight a lot of times in your dream, correct? Well, where's the light coming from in your head? Like, where's, what, what, what projector is projecting this? It's like, That's the DMT in your brain making the dream. Is the theory anyway? That's the theory. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Does that make I've sense? I've not heard that. I mean, does that make sense? I mean, not... I guess it. Oh, go ahead, Dalbot. Not really. No. <laughs> no. The pineal gland, which you have no idea what it does, sits right in the center of your brain, and when you go to sleep, you dream. Where did you think the dreams take place? Well, that's the pivot of your theory, then, right? We don't know what it does. Well, I mean, supposedly. So we don't know what it well, does, no, it so releases we DMT. Up about what it's doing. But it releases DMT. We know that. Actually, we probably okay. do know more about the the pineal gland than I just get, than I just said. So I could be wrong. 
I bet they know a shit ton about the pineal gland, and they're just hiding it from us. That's Probably. why they want to calcify it. Probably. They would like the whole... still have fluoride in our water. Right. I like Stone Toss's uh, cartoon, his most recent one. He's like, somebody's showing off their Fauci ouchie, and he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're putting that poison in their body as he drinks a bottle of water, and it says fluoride on the side of it. <laughs> That's pretty good. He ain't wrong. Stone he toss wrong. never. Stone toss never misses. Even if you missed. go to work, just have a water filter with you or boil it. No, you boil it. You concentrate the fluoride. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, distill. so you'd have to use like what? It's a distill, yeah, or just get a life straw. There you go. That's what I do. At work, anyways. All right. Um. Yeah. So. DMT, the mechanical elves, are the mechanical elves demons? Are the mechanical elves spirits of the Nephilim? Um, because they tend to sometimes be also with the um, the stripes and the checkerboard outfits and the gesture type hats. So the two pointy things coming out of the head. I went um, through it. Go ahead. I went through an artistic period in my high school years where I was obsessed with drawing clowns. Yeah, I drew some really weird, fucked up clowns. I was listening to a lot of Mr. Bungle, and also, ironically, uh, I really loved that movie, Shakes the Clown. Have either of you guys ever seen it? Nope. No, I have not. It's a fantastic fucking movie. All right. But uh, there's something just deeply disturbing about the transformation a person undergoes once they don the makeup and the clothing you know the 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 different kind of person the irreverence and the 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 just uh sort of like uh all, like almost mean-spirited stupidity about being a clown but what about patch adams now, hold on, hold on a second, Reinhardt. But no, the mean-spirited stupidity. Now, that plays into the behavior of the clowns in the DMT experience, too. Yes. Uh, so, so, are the clowns, like, is this clown thing an archetype that comes from these tricksters that come from this other dimension, which come from the Nephilim? You know, see, they, well, when, they uh, when they call them tricksters, that's something that is ascribed to fairies or fey folk a lot, mm-hmm. that... We tend to we we tend to kind of brush it off and tend to belittle it because trickster that gives us a certain image in our mind, right? Something that's mischievous, but may may not necessarily be like evil, but will just kind of mess with you. Sure. The original connotation of trickster, uh, if we're talking about Loki or Fey folk or or whatever in in whatever mythology, is typically actually far darker than anybody thinks. These things are evil spirited. Um, and they will, they, they will mess with you. They will maybe grant you a wish. That's a monkey's paw that you think, uh, whatever, whatever they do to you is, is pure evil. And this idea of the mischievous, but not so dangerous trickster is, I think definitely a deflection. Yes. And then to make the clowns into a funny thing is another deflection. Yes. And uh, we have things like Beetlejuice, oh. um, who, again, has the black and white stripes. Get, yeah, Beetlejuice has the black and white stripes. He has the irreverent, 
uh, dark, shitty humor, you know? Yes. Also, I just want to point out the black and white checker pattern, um, as we all know, is the, the chosen floor tile of the Freemasons and other mystery religions in yes. their temples. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So, that's just a side note. But. Mm-hmm. No, that's always it's always in there. It's weird like that, though. Weird how nature be, be like that. Beetlejuice is a deeply cynical and atheist production. Yes, it is. Also, do any of you guys remember this movie, The Babadook? It was an Australian horror movie from a few years ago. Yeah, I don't want to say that word more than once. Yeah, that was a very, very messed up film, but the... The creature in that, the entity in that, appears as a child storybook character, uh, also a horrific character. Um, but this thing starts appearing, uh, in, you know, in these people's daily lives, and it again is that very thin, tight jawbone or uh, uh, cheekboned, pale-faced clown being white and black stripes, um, and this thing is just absolutely horrifying. Hmm. Um, it's the other side. It's like total mask off. Forget the the irreverent, you know, humor kind of part of it. Uh, this thing is just pure evil. Very unsettling. If, even if you just watch the trailer. Okay. What was it called again? The Babadook. B a b a d o o k. All right. And he's actually, I think he's actually in a hat. That was another quality. In a hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was another quality they said that these things tend to have is they wear hats. Uh, the Hamburglar has a hat. <laughs> well, the the, the, babba, the, the thing is a uh, New Orleans and Louisiana sort of uh, voodoo spirit. Oh, so he's, got, so he's got the voodoo, like kind of the top hat sort of thing on. Yeah, he got a voodoo top hat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then you got, okay, so you got the top hat, you got that, and then you got um, something about he, lo- he loves jazz, too. Oh, really? There was something. Oh, does he? Are you just saying that? Okay. I, I, I'm saying it's like jazz. No, like he loves that, that ragtime jazz. I can't stand jazz. Jazz music stops. It's terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so what else What else are these clowns, man? They're these clowns in the Nephilim. So the red-headed, white-skinned, black-and-white, striped-wearing, hat-wearing. <laughs> I'm not going to connect the clowns straight to the Nephilim, like, equate them. Obviously, the Nephilim did not look anything like these beings. I think that the trappings and symbolism behind the pale skin, the red hair, mm-hmm. all of the qualities are indicative of those beings, much in the way that... Uh, cult members, you know, dress and act uh, in order to emulate, you know, whatever mystery priest or teacher or god or prophet that they are, you know, quote, serving. All right, Um, for sure. And now, of course, it's just become part of daily life and culture. Right. You see, yeah, you don't even think about it. You see Ronald McDonald, you know, you you don't think anything about it. You see the Shriners clowns, the Shriners clowns who are, you know, Red hair, yellow hair, white skin, always with a checkerboard outfit on, you know. Um, 
Have you always noticed too, like in in entertainment, clowns are depicted like the the people that play clowns are always depicted as incredibly perverse, degenerate beings. They're always drunks, like the drunk guy that always, plays the clown. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was gonna say, but with the with the Shriners, what was the thing? Not all, not all Masons are Shriners, but all Shriners are Masons. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there's that. There's that, and, and there's a lot of clowns. Oh, what? Appar- apparently, the Babadook was a gay movie. Oh. oh yeah, it's a gay icon. Apparently. Yeah. Oh great, even better. I mean, demon gay. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, demons are gay. Could have told you that. What else? What else about that? Um, I was gonna say something else. And you told me it was gay, and that threw me off there. A gay demon. Oh yeah. So, also. With this symbolism, with this clown symbolism. There's like a clown carnival in Basel, Switzerland. Switzerland of all places. A clown festival, clown carnival in Basel, Switzerland. And um, UNESCO is involved because they want to preserve the heritage of this festival because apparently it's very old. Very old clown carnival festival thing interesting huh in switzerland with unesco my internet stopped again didn't it god damn it i was gonna say no yeah it didn't cut out i was gonna say they already have the gathering of the juggalos like that's already a thing they know that right they do they do yeah but Did everyone else die? I, th- I guess everybody else died. I don't know what happened because I can hear you. You can hear me. So it's not my internet. Nice. The fact that a- anyone can hear me is should be the um, the baseline of everything. Yeah. What's really weird is that uh, according to Skype right now, Dogbot is talking. What? But, n- yeah. There he is. There he is. Hello. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Did you just cut out for like... A whole minute. And I wasn't talking. Oh, you weren't? You listening to that whole thing? Like, I left stops and pauses and stuff. Nobody, nobody jumped in. I jumped in because no one else jumped in. Like, right. Uh, I'm tired of shit. I, I've been wanting to fed post since I got home from work because... <sighs> can you guys hear me? We can now. There's Reinhardt. Hello, Reinhardt. Wow, I had to unplug and replug my microphone like six times. All right. Well... Now you understand Lord. my struggle. I'm leaving um, this... I'm leaving this in the show. I put some pictures. Or I'm put, I am putting some pictures of the Basel Carnival mm-hmm. or Basel, Basel Parade, whatever it's called, in the Skype. And just, oh, my God. Yeah, it's really freaky, scary clowns. And this is Switzerland with their really freaky, scary parade stuff again. They do the thing with CERN. They did the thing with the uh, the tunnel, right? Yeah, the Guthard tunnel. The Goth- Guthard tunnel, that's right. Two umlauts, right, in that. In that Guthard. That so, we did an amazing episode on the Swiss. That was a great episode. Yeah, but here we go again with the Swiss. And Always goes back to the Swiss. It does, but look at these pictures, man. This is really... Really creepy. Yeah, some of and it just keeps are, going. You know, 
they're irreverent political figures or mythological figures, some of them. Others are just like, why? Why, 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 why? Wait, why does that clown in that third pick, like right in the middle, have like a New York, like flat brim hat? What, what the hell's going on there? I have no idea. What? Yeah, these are really weird. Okay, so the whole army of angry white drumming clowns with the red hair and the red nose. The red nose is another thing. So this is the the uh, clown archetype here. The red hair, the white skin, the fucked up teeth, the nose. Like this is what this is what all the scary clowns in the 1920s. Just imagine that black and white. That's what they all look like. Right, dude. The wow. picture, the okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh picture, where it's the girl with the blonde or gold pigtails. Mm-hmm. Put that in black and white, and imagine how just freaking terrifying that'd be. Right, it's terrifying this in color. This all looks really normal to me. Does it? Does it? It doesn't look incredibly Jewish at all. Speaking of Jewish, look at the second to last one. <laughs> look at the jester's noses. Look at the, uh, I mean, look at the noses on a lot of these. Yeah. Seems to be a little bit of like, uh, let me know what's going on. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, I'm not happy about any of this. No, this is really. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. If, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure if I were there, I, I would become the human fed post. This is terribly scary yeah, and I don't want to look at any more of these pictures this... these are terrible <laughs> yeah I'm going to stop posting pictures yeah do that okay we'll post these pictures these pictures will be in, in, in the uh, on the um, website on paranormies.com where you can go and listen to and download Actually, and I leave comments more. you guys want to see this nope. alright one more The ones in green. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why? Those look like androgynous men. Why? Wow. I am am awestruck at uh, how awful this shit is. You know, but it's a it's a it's a time honored European tradition. It'd sure be a horrible shame if their small, tiny little mountain country wasn't completely invaded by. I don't know. Uh, the influx of Africans that they keep bringing in to everywhere but Switzerland. Yeah, guys, this is just white culture. Okay, we shouldn't be anti-white. Yo, those things look like gnomes, dude. Are gnomes real? Yes. That that head. We did the, this uh, already. That head with the crown and the it, with the green ones with the green dunce hats and everything. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh that looks like something straight out of Labyrinth. Is that Anthony Weiner? It looks like the tranny from the Star Wars store. Oof. Yeah, have you seen the picture that, the picture that they used for that thing? That like disgusting. That's not nearly as horrifying. No, that picture was way more horrifying than this. I've only seen one, but Jack, if you want to find it and post it. No, don't. No, no. <sighs> don't no, make me save the, that. It's in the Paranormies chat. You can go scroll back and find it. Yeah, but that would require doing work for something horrible. Yeah. But all right, let's go back to the to this 
clown archetype we were talking about. With yes. The white face, red nose, red hair, bald head, and just like nasty smile. I mean, that's that's but that's just a modern, you know, that's just a modern uh, movie representation, right? And that's not No. These clowns in so many different pictures at this parade this ceremony that they have annually and is there is there um a wiki on this or something that says how long they've been doing this uh yeah i've got it pulled up how long has this festival festival been going on let's see the first one was in okay last for 72 hours history common explanation is after the reformation in 1520 basil continued celebrating its fasnacht well, other regions officially stopped. Frostnock was scheduled one week later in 1529, so it looks like the 1500s or before, supposedly. Okay, so they've been doing this clown stuff since the 1500s. Yes, uh, this is apparently called known as a Fasnacht, um, which oh, I just had it. That's incredibly annoying. Um, yeah, it's some it's some kind of. Germanic holiday. I don't know. It's it's some celebration before like Ash Wednesday. All right. What does so it have to do with to be clowns? Some Germanic though? Christian thing. This is Christian. Okay. So I'm sure. I'm. I mean, I'm sure no nobody uh. with, with small hats infiltrated this fine Germanic tradition and turned it into this weird perversion of whatever this is now. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not Christian. It's Catholic. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's a Germanic Catholic holiday. Oh, okay. Catholics and clowns. Oof. Oh, oh, oh. Here's an interesting, typical Fasnacht mask. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, it a- starts on January 6th. That's funny. Oh, my gosh. Who'd have thunk? So January 6th is when this festival of clowns begins. Ha! <laughs> A festival of clowns. That sounds about right. Wow. Wow. There you go, Reinhardt. We did it again. <laughs> and found a connection where we never thought we would. To the Swiss. So January January 6th is based on a Swiss holiday, which is Jewish. There we go. Yes. All right. Put another one in the jar. Let's wrap it. Yeah, let's wrap it up, boys. That's it. That's the show. This is... This is a. What did you mean in the vault? It's definitely in the vault. We can be no more right. That's that's it. I know. Uh, I don't. I don't don't think we have any more content we can do for the rest of the show now. We we just got. See, everybody gets to listen to this and see how we we do this stuff. This is how we come up with our takes. Man, this is a. I mean that's Oof. that's interesting, right? I mean that this this is January sixth, the Festival of Clowns. It's just pure coincidence. We just had a like, festival yeah, of clowns yeah. at January sixth. I mean, yeah, a literal clown, a Viking clown. He had a makeup and everything. He had two oh, horns on his head. Also, apparently, the, apparently the base the basis of the Fasnacht was actually a fertility festival. Reinhardt. He had two horns on his head. He had white makeup on his face. Yep. Yep. He was a clown. 
Wait, which one are we talking about here? In Washington on January 6th. Jamiroquai? Jamiroquai was a clown. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, he had the white makeup. And didn't he have black around his eyes? Yeah, he had had more. I don't remember. I'd have to look at a picture of him. But yeah, he had more than just white on his face. Yep, but he had two horns. He had the... Uh, the white ivory makeup. Oh, no, Johnny. You're just making connections where there aren't any. And we know he was a Glonigger. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. Glonigers are from Swiss Switzerland. Swiss Glonigers. Swiss Glonigers. March of the Glonigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's the alternate show title. <laughs> yes. I. You know, I hope Paul Cook didn't decide to not come on the show because we stay, we say stuff like that. We we will clean up everything we need to. If yeah. Paul Paul, if you were ever going to listen to this episode, we will clean up anything we need to. <laughs> we can't go back and clean up the past. I, what does clean up even mean at this point? Um, what does clean what was clean mean you know, in this in this context? Wipe the mud from your boots. Not saying nigger faggot. Pretty much, yeah. Not doing that, Reinhardt. <laughs> Paul Cook's not here. I know, I know. Man, so we found another tie-in to Somebody some weird stuff. I'm oh, sorry? There he is. What, what happened, you guys? What? Yeah, you cut out there for a sec. At least I'm not the only one with audio issues. I. Nobody else is cutting it's out. I heard Dogbot. I heard Dogbot the whole time. Um, This is going to be a very unprofessional episode. But another tie-in to a Swiss. And I'm back. No, I'm not. I'm right here. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. See, Jack could hear me the whole time. You guys got to. Yeah. Weird. I'm plugged straight into my router, so. Hmm. I got great internet, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that happens that Jack can keep hearing me, but neither of you other guys can. Maybe you two are united in your, your crappy internet. That's probably what it is. I mean, All right, anyways, let's finish up yeah. the Swiss connection. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Did you hear me say that uh, the Fasnacht was actually um, referred to originally as a fertility rite? Yes, <laughs> funny enough. Yeah, before before the fasting, you know, Lent season. Huh. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. A Catholic fertility ritual. Yeah, fertility rituals, which of course have their uh, their origins with Ishtar of Babylon and Inanna of ancient Sumeria, Ashtaroth, whatever, whatever you call her, Astarte, oh, the yeah, bunny, right. the bunny whore, demon, fallen angel, the Easter bunny. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, don't. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. You know, they no. just bring a basket. Right, just bring of entertainment and poison candy. <laughs> right, right, a basket of poison candy, hmm. and multicolored and eggs. No big deal. Toys. Could plant obsolescent toys. Yeah, and some sort of extruded marshmallow product. Peeps, oh. I, I love peeps. I don't care. I don't know why. Peeps I, are fucking disgusting. I God. Love peeps. 
They are the worst. No, candy corn is the worst. Good. No, peeps are worse than candy corn. No, no way. No, absolutely. No, without a shadow of a doubt. No. Yeah, candy corn's worse than peeps. Yeah, no, candy not, corn is made no, of wax. Not at all. And and peeps are made of clown cum. If no, if you whoa, if you no, that is not corn, true. You could make a signet and seal a letter with it. Like, if, it is wax. If, if you put peeps and if you melted peeps and put them inside a woman, she would give birth to a clown. No, that's not how that works. Talk about it. that's starting to sound like a horror movie. Yeah, I will not real. bow to your corn gods. <laughs> also, uh, peeps men, come in a lot of different flavors now. Corn. Yeah. Anyways, let's not let's not do this 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 discussion on Easter candy. <laughs> candy is poison. It is. You shouldn't be eating it in the first place. So back to the discussion. So this fertility ritual January starting on January sixth, which is also a clown ritual. Hmm. Interesting. Is that the uh, international holiday for Clown World now, January 6th? Yes. It has to be now. It has to be. Yeah, we might as well yep. just coin it yep. right here on the Paranormies. It's International Clown Day. Is there an International Clown Day? There's an International yeah, Everything Day. Well, there's like an International Everything Day. There's like International Hamburger Day, International Pickle Day, International Sisters Day, International Brothers and Day, right, right? International Crochet Day. Sure, sure. Yeah. There's an international everything day. There has to be an international clown day. If there's not, it's going to be January 6th. International Antichrist Day is every day in this world. <laughs> international clown day is December 10th. <sighs> oh, wait, what? I'm getting conflicting results now. Another thing is saying May 24th. Oh, what the hell is going on here? I think it's like based on countries. Is it International Clown Week? How can it be International Clown Day? It makes no sense. And not be worldwide. It's international, right? Or is it international, like International House of Pancakes, where it's literally in, you know, like the United States and Canada? So yeah, therefore it's probably international. That. Or is it international? I, I, I got that one wrong. The International House of Pancakes is international because they have French toast. Well, they say like World Series, but like it's only the United States, right? So. Right. No, they're they're they they're International House of Pancakes because they have different syrups from different part uh, different parts of the world. It's not just because they have French toast. Well, they have French fries. Those they are also freedom, have a lot. Those of are Somalis. Freedom fries. Since nine eleven, those are Freedom fries. Oh, stop! We're not doing the the what do you call it? The beret wearing surrender monkeys. Cheese eating surrender monkeys. As they call the French, right? World War Champs bit. Right, right. Back to back World War Champs. I love using that, especially um, at work when we start talking about stuff and I'm we start talking about American exceptionalism and I do the world back to back World War Champs and we went to the moon. Freedom freedom kissing art GFs. What? Bugs Bunny no. Big yeah, big Bugs Bunny no. What? What? Why? Well, you can't call it French kissing anymore. Well, French not kissing. No, not stop it. Stop happened. it. Stop it. We're not doing that. No. no. They I wouldn't go Sweden into Afghanistan is actually the French kissing capital of the world now, isn't it? What is? 
Sweden? Sweden. Is there an influx of French people there? Well, yes. There has been an influx of French people for quite a while. Don't, you know, don't denigrate the Norman blood, you know? Like I'm not. I'm talking about the French. Yeah. I'm not talking about Normans. Black French. I'm talking about like, the French. Those are French, not okay? Not, not Algerians. No, they're French. Same thing. They're French, Dogbot. Just like the Irish in Ireland. And Anglos, who have yeah. always been black. Mm -hmm. Always, always been black. I don't know what's wrong with Always you. has been. Yep. Yeah, did you guys see? There was a um, there was a picture posted of the British, like the the head of the British government, with Boris and the other five top officials. And Boris Johnson's a Jew. The other white person is a Jew. There's a black, a Pakistani, and an Indian. There's like not an actual Anglo. At the it sounds head. like a really really bad, like start to a joke. Right. I mean, well, it is. It is. It's, it's you know, it's England. <laughs> it's a bad start and a bad end to a joke. It's also, hey, did you guys know there is a gigantic island of trash so large that you can see it from space? Just Google the United Kingdom. Sorry, God. Sorry, God. He knows. This Almost had me in the first half with the Sorry, whole space Paul thing, Cook. but, you know... Are you sure it's not High Brazil? Oh, High Brazil. Oh, well, who is talking about High Brazil? Robert Sepper. And uh, uh, no. High Brazil is the location that uh, the the guy at uh, the Royal Air Force Base who was who touched the spacecraft, and he was seeing binary numbers in his head, and he decided to write them all down. Uh, the there were coordinates to where High Brazil is in the translation of the binary numbers that he wrote down in that notebook. That is very interesting. Do you have anything? Hold on, uh, hold on. Saved on that? Yeah. Who did what? What pilot did this? So you guys know the famous uh, incident of the American serviceman at the Royal Air Force Base who chased the. UFO into the forest and it was it was landed and they wrote down some of the glyphs that were on the side. The guy that actually touched the craft uh, years later he was uh, being woken up in the middle of the night uh, and he would see streams of zeros and ones hmm. and it was driving him crazy. So finally he decided to write them all down into a into a book and after he did that it went away and somebody went and translated all the zeros and ones. And it uh, it had a message and a list and a coordinates longitude latitude coordinates of uh, probably where High Brazil used to be on a lot of maps, a lot of and High maps. Brazil would be what like wasn't it north of Ireland? West, west. So, uh, That's right. Yeah, it was like almost southwest a little bit. Okay. Okay. I knew it was um, in the, yeah, the in the North Atlantic. Though. Yeah, the disappearing island of also, High Brazil. Also, yeah, it was also known as Tiernanug or Tiernanug or whatever. Um, yeah, the Irish Atlantis, so to speak, or Irish Avalon. 
Hmm. It's interesting did I, did that I really just killed the chat. No, 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 it's here. Uh, it's interesting that that's high Brazil, and then you have Brazil over on the other side. I don't know if there's any any sort of tie between the names, like how they got their names or whatever. Um, that's what I'm looking up actually, because I can't remember etymology. Irish tradition is something. Thought it came from. Okay, Uaprasal, which means descendants of Clan Brazal, or Presal. So, descendants of a clan. Um, also, they have no connection, Brazil and High Brazil. Okay. Official narrative says there's no connection, so I'm going to assume there is some connection. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, I mean, who I knows, know, right? The official narrative is always wrong. It is interesting that uh, High Brazil is descendants of this clan. That is pretty interesting. And Brazil is clan that means like beautiful, great, mighty, mm, fair, hmm. fair skinned. Huh. Huh. Sounds very much like the Tuatha de Nan or Tuatha de Danan because there are multiple pronunciations. How much Otherwise, revelation? No. How much revelation of the method do you think is in Terry Gilliam movies like Brazil? Never. Have seen you guys it. ever seen Brazil? You know, no. it's been a very, very long time, and I'm not sure that I remember it. I actually might own it. I have to look. What about Adventures of Baron Munchausen? Have you ever seen that one, yes. Reinhardt? That's a good one. It's been a long time, but yeah. I like Terry Gilliam's stuff. I I think I have all of his movies somewhere. It used to be like one of those things like if you you know, if you watch Terry Gilliam's movies, you're like smart or something. It's like it's not humor, it's like really weird. Kinda it it's kinda like playing like if you played like the odd world games and and like liked them, you were like not a normal gamer. It's like those kind of movies, but but games. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Terry Gilliam's an interesting, interesting director. Yeah. I like his stuff. I like The Fisher King. Fisher King was great. Robin Williams was great in that. Yeah. It's different than his other movies, but, you know. Uh, what was the What was the movie with the carnival and the... It, it had, like... Three main actors. The guy. Damn it! It came out like ten years ago. Mm. Three main actors and a yeah, carnival. Yeah, he, uh, he. I think Heath Ledger was in it. Uh, oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'd have to look. Wait, wait. What? What did you say with Heath Ledger? As uh, so some movie about a carnival or something. It was a Terry Gilliam. Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Yes. Oh. That movie. That there movie was great. It was an interesting one. Is it? I have to check it out. I saw a preview for it, and it looked really, really cool, but I was like, well, I don't do drugs anymore. So I don't think I'd like watching that one. Well, neither does Heath Ledger about halfway through the filming of the movie. Oof. Yeah. Ouch. Uh. Damn. I never saw I never saw the man who killed Don Quixote. Like that was uh, I think his last movie. Mm. 
I don't know. I've only seen a few of Heath, Heath Ledger's movies. They're hit or miss for me. I mean, he I did do Brokeback Mountain, so right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know Brazil came out after Time Bandits. I thought it was before, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Irrelevant 12, information. Well, 12, Twelve Monkeys has got all kinds of uh, predictive programming. Oh, Twelve Monkeys is one of my favorite movies in general. I love that movie. That was the movie where I started to like Brad Pitt as an actor. It's understandable. I didn't like just, him in like three and a half hours of fly fishing. Was that a wait, ri- what? A river runs through it. Okay. And then uh, the really he did the thing with the two women where he was like the young guy that slept with the older chick. Uh, what was the the two women they drove off? Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. They drove off a cliff. Thelma and Louise. He was in that. I my mother my mother in law my stepmother used to watch that movie all the time when I was a kid. I hated that wow. movie too. Yeah, did, I got subjected. Did she, feel, to, she feel empowered by it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. She would. She would rotate. Like that one, Steel Magnolias, and uh, Pretty Woman would be like her three movies of choice. Wow, shoot me, dude! I I'm telling you, like that's the that's the shit that yeah. she had her own TV and stuff. Thank God. So anyway, um, but yeah, Brad Pitt's first like four movies were all like that, and then he did Twelve Monkeys and became like one of my favorite actors. I think he is a very talented actor after a certain point. Mm-hmm. But Oh, Snatch. But I don't really Yeah, anyway. Oh, Snatch. Yeah. Yeah, she's a very interesting uh actor. Yes, she is. With that artificial Adam's apple. Throw that in right at the end. All right, well we're gonna get out of here because it is it is getting late and we have been shit posting since we finished what little content that we had. Um No, we addressed a lot of good stuff tonight. Right. This it was good. Th- it was nice relaxing. Good night. show, guys. Good show. Yeah. It was 38 minutes that lasted a lot longer than 38 sometimes, minutes. Sometimes you just got to hold on to it, you know? 38 minutes to flatten the ship posting curve. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we are going to get out of here. Buy our shirts at dissidentapparel.com. New shirts coming soon. I did talk to T-shirt guy today. Um, we're going to get dates Real soon. Maybe by next Nationalist Inquirer, we'll have dates for the new designs. Awesome. Yeah. And then, um, what else? Yeah, that's about it. All right, well, we're going to get out of here. We have a creepy pasta. Reinhardt, are you doing it this week, or Jack, are you doing it? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll handle it. All right, cool. We I'm going to be uh, getting ready for my overnight shift here in a bit. You don't have to. That's fine. Jack can do it. Or You know what? You know what? We'll just go without. No, nah, we'll make it out. I'm kidding. One way or we're another. Do that. We can't leave. We can't leave people without a creepy pasta. All right. Well, we're gonna do that. Somebody's gonna read you a creepy pasta, and we're gonna get out of here later. Time travel makes you gay. There's an old desert mining town called Nameless. In the 19th century, it was prosperous and industrious, but by 1925, the town was abandoned. Local history says that the mines became dangerous, but a local legend says otherwise. The story goes that while mining, the prospectors came across something that caused them to gradually refuse working there. Whatever the reason, 
all the tunnels were sealed up by the mining company, and an explanation was given that the area was so unstable that any loud noise could render a catastrophic collapse. Nameless was only 15 miles away from his hometown, but Hank Johnson was curious to see if any of the mines still contained gold deposits. He had gambling debts to pay off, and his house was close to repossession. His wife was unaware of their financial position, and she was pregnant with their third child. He wasn't the smartest guy, but Hank had sworn to better himself. As he came to the end of the dirt road and entered Nameless, he was pleased to see it was mostly still intact. The old buildings hadn't seen much rain, so rot hadn't set in. But some of the timber had twisted or shrunk in the heat and made the properties look lopsided or crooked. Hank drove through town until he reached the nearest mine. He was aware of the myths surrounding them, but paid little attention. The mine he was going to explore was boarded up. The words, don't scream, faded, but still readable. What did that mean? Hank removed the boards to find the entrance bricked up. He took a hammer and chisel out of his truck and tirelessly removed one brick at a time. This took quite a while when he discovered the brickwork was ten layers thick. Even so, he was worried that the noise he made removing the bricks was damaging the structural integrity of the mine. Eventually, Hank made a gap and crawled through. His torch penetrated deep into the darkness, and he shambled along the tunnels. When he reached the first junction, he saw painted in red the words, Don't scream. He increased his efforts in keeping quiet, but greed never had a history of deterring the idiotic. Every few meters, the same words were read back to him. Don't scream. When he reached one of the end caves, the torch caught something that caused the light to reflect back. Hank moved closer and saw a rich vein of gold, and on the floor were several large nuggets. As he picked the largest one up, the floor beneath Hank opened. Something below pulled him downwards, and Hank felt his feet burning, the nerves shredding. He screamed in agony, and the tucking slowed. Hank could feel his feet being stripped of flesh. When his screaming paused, the thing below started dragging him down at a quicker pace. Hank quickly learned what don't scream meant. Don't scream, or it will eat you more slowly 